Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Welcome back in to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. To the left of my actual shoulder, but to the right on your screen, is Matt Okada. Below us is John Helmkamp. The three of us back together for the Week 11 preview show, recapping Week 10. Stock up, stock down, and what to watch for this week. So, fellas, I'm excited. And I'm more excited because we, I'm sure all of us, have some teams that are headed for the playoffs. It's time to start planning for that. And maybe we'll do a show next week that looks at, like, you know, players trade for for the playoffs or trade away if you're out of it. That sort of thing. But it is the time to pick, make a push for a championship if you're playing in Dynasty. Fellas, how are we? Uh, well, I just noticed that you have a nice fresh new haircut, Bets. Is that true? It is very true, yes. Uh, mm. Coronavirus cases are spiking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, true. I'm going to get a haircut before oh. things shut down again because last time it was not pretty. So it was hat season for about <laughs> four, four months straight. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm moving yeah. to Chicago in a couple of days where I'm moving to a stay-at-home order uh, for the city of Chicago. So yeah. I'm going to be doing mm. the same thing probably tomorrow. Go and get that haircut and maybe have them take it down a little bit shorter than uh, than I normally do. And uh, just buzz it, it all off. Jeez, yeah, maybe. Yep. You got to seem legit. You got to post a a fleet. Of your new haircut? I might. I might Oh, that. gosh. I might. Uh, <laughs> Why do they call it that? I don't understand. We're going to get an app called Okada, Fleet Deck. When are you going to fleet? We're going to get a Fleet Deck app. I don't know, man. I'm probably never going to fleet just in objection to that name. Like, I feel like the idea is not bad. <laughs> They're getting on board. And then they were just like, okay, what should we name it? I don't know. Let's just put a different letter on front of what we normally call it. That'll be fine. <laughs> I kind of like it, to be it honest. It has nothing with you. to do with, like, a fleet of ships or anything like that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Right. All right well, you can find Matt Okada on Twitter <laughs> at Matt Okada for his first yes, ever true. fleet. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Uh, of course, you can follow me at the Fantasy PT. John is at Dynasty Beard. Fellas, lots to break down today. Let's get into a couple of injury updates and some news updates. I got great news, guys. Oh, Alright boys, another week, another Mike Davis start. Christian McCaffrey officially ruled out for week eleven, dealing with that shoulder injury. He's likely just gonna come back after the bye week. So if you are relying on Christian McCaffrey to get into the playoffs and you're sort of like a borderline team, you need to make a backup plans ASAP. He's probably not gonna play next week. They're on bye in week thirteen, and then we're looking at week fourteen, which is the playoffs. So fellas, this week, Mike Davis against the Lions. So Lions. you like to hear, see that? Yes. Top ten yes. running back. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Thank goodness, because I have Mike Davis in a lot of the spots that I had CMC and have been. Well, for a while there, I wasn't struggling because Mike Davis was putting up twenty points a game, and I was like, "Oh, RBs don't matter. Mike Davis is just as good in CMC." And then he started falling off a cliff, and for weeks now, it's been ah, come back CMC. I'm dying here. Fortunately, the Lions is a matchup that can make just about any running back look good. And Mike Davis in this offense has been showing, well, he has shown the ability to be extremely viable for fantasy. So I expect that to be the case this week. For sure. Matthew Stafford looks questionable for week 11. He is dealing with a partially torn ligament in his thumb on his right hand, 
which is not Oof. great because he's right-handed. <laughs> He'll have to throw a football mm. and grip it, which is going to be causing pain. He'll probably play with it taped up and or a glove to help give him grip. The last time he played with a glove on his hand when he was injured, I looked this looked this up, I think it was 2011, he threw five interceptions Ooh, because he had a sprain in his middle finger. So a little bit of a different story. But knowing that piece, if he plays, are you guys starting Marvin Jones and or Kenny Galladay if he's back in the lineup this week? Probably Marvin Jones is so tough right now because after several weeks of no Marvin Jonesage, after we had come into the season saying Marvin Jones is a value, I had kind of given up on him and like had him just locked on my bench in on rosters where I had him. And it was, okay, well, this isn't a Marvin Jones here for some reason. I don't know why, so I guess I'll get back to him some other time or trade him away. And then he finally started playing well and scoring fantasy points. So now I feel like I kind of have to, but there's also a very good chance he disappears again, especially if his quarterback can't throw the ball down the field. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a no on Marvin. Um, I think he still play Kenny if he got him, um, because I think they're going to do what they can to try to make life easy on Stafford. And it might be a whole lot of volume going to uh, Kenny in short yardage, uh, where they try to just get playmakers the ball into space. Him and I think DeAndre Swift, uh, who, man, talk about a, a coming out party. Love that. Um I think that those two are going to be good plays with a game plan that's a lot of try to possess the ball, manage the clock, short intermediate routes, things like that to kind of take some of the pressure off of uh, Stafford a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I could totally see that. If Stafford can't go, we will get Chase Daniel at quarterback. Sad times if Kenny Galladay is back in the lineup. Um, And by the way, the, the tweet is already scheduled for next year around May. That says Marvin yeah. Jones is a value in fantasy football. So he True. needs to continue to pick it up. Otherwise, I'll have to cancel that tweet. Uh, all right, guys, yeah. moving on. Joe Mixon still not practicing. Did he? We're recording this on Wednesday. Hold up. Did his foot just fall off? Like, it's been, what, six weeks now of just. It's been since October 21st. It feels like it's been a lot longer than that, but that's still going on four weeks of Joe Mixon issues. What is going on with that foot? Apparently, so here's my thought process. They said it was pretty mild to start, but these teams, man, like they don't really know. And when they tell us that they tell us that right after the game and then people react to like, oh, well, they said it's pretty mild. So no big deal. Well, guess what? Chris Carson's about to miss another start on Thursday night football and his was mild, right? So these midfoot sprains, you just have to be careful with what is reported because they are tricky, especially for any skill position player, but it's also possible that Maybe in his rehab, he suffered a setback, which does happen. So it's hard to say, but it looks like we're probably going to get either a very limited Joe Mixon or Gio Bernard to start again this week. Sad times if you're a Joe Mixon manager. All right, boys. Drew Brees, unfortunately, is dealing with some ribs uh, fractured. He also is dealing with a collapsed lung. Lung issue. Not good. He's going to miss multiple weeks. However, we get to to start... (laughs) Mr. Lasix himself, Jameis Winston, 30 for 30, back in the lineup. Please, please, please tell me you saw him warming up this past Oh, I did. Yes. It looked like he was taking... (laughs) He took the DAC to a whole new goofy level. He was doing Victor Cruz's cha-cha. Like, that's what he was doing in the end zone. Yes. Throwing it back to Victor. The backpedal that he is doing, I have no words for what that is. It is absolutely beautiful. And I can't wait for him to warm up this week. 
The fact that he didn't fall over on his butt doing that <laughs> honestly gives me a little bit of confidence in his footwork because that was crazy. Yeah. Let's talk about the offense, though. Um, I mean, obviously, the studs, right? You're, you're going to start Alvin Kamara, obviously. You're going to start Michael Thomas. Do we think this opens up the offense that they're going to throw the ball downfield? Because for a while, Drew Brees, Ooh. you know, everyone just says, oh, he checks it down like it's his fault because he's getting old. Or is that just the system and maybe we don't see the same Jameis Winston we saw last year? I would definitely lean a little bit more towards that. I think that Sean Payton is going to out here, going to be out here wanting to do his Sean Payton thing, which, by the way, is yeah, I agree. Taysom I don't like Jason. You guys know that, and but I agree with you. He's he's yes. like sitting at home, just head on his pillow, going, "I can't wait." <laughs> Taysom Hill. Um, he he's got a whiteboard and is drawing Taysom Hill plays all day long. Hundred percent. Um, but he is going to tell. Jameis, this is what we want you to do. This is what we need you to do. And we don't need you to, to be yourself. We don't need you to be Buccaneers Jameis in order to win a football game. Yeah. And I think Jameis is going to say, well, if I want to win potentially this job in the future when Mr. Breeze retires or show that I can win another job, I should probably just do what Sean says and go out and win this football game. So I would lean more towards the oh, game yeah. manager Jameis. But... I will maybe have more to say about I mean, this. I mean, I'm of the same. Well, then we won't. Uh, yeah, I'm of the same vein. I, I think that this is very much don't mess it up. Like they're just gonna ask him not to mess it up. Just, just make the safe throws. If it's not there, throw it away. D don't take this. Don't take the sack. Give it to Alvin Kamara in space. Throw the ball a lot to Slant Boy on easy completions. We're not gonna ruin this thing. The defense has been playing really, really well, too, especially over the last couple of weeks. The pass rush has been getting home a ton. So I think that they are going to be able to lean on that defense and on Alvin Kamara a ton. And, yeah, a smattering of weird play calls designed for Taysom Hill. And I think that's going to be the game. Yeah, Sean McVay has to be the happiest man alive. <laughs> or not Sean McVay, <laughs> sorry, Sean Payton has to be the happiest yeah, man alive. Yeah. This week, he gets to unleash Taysom Hill to the fullest. Oh, man. I, I would not be shocked, honestly, if Taysom Hill finishes with more fantasy points than Jameis Winston. Now, here's... Like, yes. zero, zero doubt in my mind that that's here's a Here's the thing. I think that there is a very realistic possibility just because Sean Payton is obsessed with Taysom Hill and because he likes weird football. I think that Taysom Hill could get one rushing, receiving, and passing. Touchdowns. Oh, yeah. I mm. think that he can log one in all three categories this weekend. I don't know. Has that ever happened? Look it up. <laughs> I will find out. It's literally your job. You should know that. <laughs> Wait, you should know everything uh, about the NFL. That Marcus Mariota in that playoff game against the Chiefs. I think he had. He threw one to himself. He, he his caught own, his own pass. Threw, I think he threw one, and I yep. think he may have ran for one too. I would start there. Well, we can continue, and okay. I will find out in about twelve hundred seconds. Check uh, at Matt Okada on the fleet. Yes. He will let you know. On the fleet. All right, oh, true. Drew Locke, last injury here to talk about dealing with a muscle strain around his ribs, probably an oblique injury. I doubt we see him this week, and we're just going to mention it because I'm going to talk about Drew Locke a little bit later in the show, so more coming on him in a second. Before we get Ooh. to stock up and stock down, I want to remind everyone you can find us on social media at Pod. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel for Ball Blast Football. We also have Cole Topham and Adam Stark over there doing their show, the Ball Blast Bandits. It's been actually a ton of fun to watch. I've, I've loved it so far. About 20-minute shows, short, hit, uh, quick-hitting segments. So check it out. Subscribe to the channel. Follow us on social media. Check out Kata's Fleets. All right. 
Stock up, boys. We're talking about players that we're excited about in Dynasty, players that we're willing to go out and potentially overpay for because we see a lot of positive things on tape and in the box score. Johnny Pooh, over <laughs> to you, man. What are you seeing here coming off of Week 10? Yeah, I just I think that we need to – this is more of a course correction for me. This is not a go out and necessarily overpay for. But Josh Allen started blazing hot at the start of the season – the Stefan Diggs experiment was the greatest thing that's ever happened to him. Uh, he was going to be locked and loaded as a top five dynasty quarterback. And then weird stuff happened with COVID and weather and all kinds of uh, just COVID weirdness. 2020 happened and his value just came plummeting down and he didn't top 20 fantasy points for like four weeks or something like that. Then all of a sudden, over the last two weeks, yes, one of them was against my Seahawks, who have a historically bad defense, and I get it, but he put up another really solid game against Arizona this week as well. In those two weeks, he has five passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. He had two interceptions. He averaged 32.2 fantasy points per game, 349.5 passing yards per game, and his rushing numbers are coming back up too, which is a big part of his fantasy floor. It's one of the reasons we loved him in the offseason is because even if we thought that he was going to have those mediocre passing games, which he's going to have, we thought that that rushing floor was going to help compensate for that. If he can go pick you up 40 to 60 rushing yards in a game, okay, that offsets one of those passing touchdowns that maybe you're missing. So he's been kind of coming back into that realm. He's been putting the numbers up. My Freaking dogs are driving me nuts. Louie, can you move? Move. <laughs> Freak. Sorry. Not not big fans not of Josh big Allen. Not big fans I of Josh it. Allen. Um, but I think... They can sense that you yes. love him and they're jealous. Josh Allen started super high, came down low. People were panicking and thinking he's not even a dynasty quarterback one. And I think that this is that like wave that he's done and that things are just going to level out. And I think that we even talked about that a couple weeks ago. I think I said the same thing. I think things are going to level out for Josh Allen... And now that's the case. I think he's right back into being somewhere in that dynasty quarterback seven to nine range, which I think is kind of where he belongs. So it's nice to see that course correction and him putting up those numbers again. Yeah, that's actually really interesting and kind of funny is that what we're at now after having him in yep. a stock down a couple of weeks ago and now a stock up this week yep. is right back where he should have been this whole time. Because we all thought he would be in this, mm -hmm. you know, five to eight-ish sort of range, maybe. And then he had this crazy start where we said, oh my gosh, is he a top three dynasty quarterback? Is he actually among the best passers in the league now all of a sudden somehow? And then we realized that probably wasn't true when he had several bad weeks. And we said, oh boy, now he's fallen to the back end of QB1 range because he actually just sucks like he used to. And now he's just back where he should be. So I feel like it's a little bit of a... Um, Yes. Validation. Ooh, I got there. There we are. A validation <laughs> of ourselves and what we expected from Josh Allen from the beginning. Yep, for sure. It is nice to see him, though, get back on track. Uh, when you have Stefan Diggs playing as your wide receiver one, apparently good mm. things happen. So, yes, love, love me to Josh so Allen. Good. Um, I will say, too, though, real quick on, on Josh Allen, just looking like short term, the splits when John Brown is in the lineup, he has been a top four quarterback every single week in games where John Brown has played in full and or has not been coming off of injury. John Brown, high ankle sprain last week. We'll see what happens coming out of the bye. Just a, a word of, of note, more short-term, but long-term, still very in on Josh Allen. All right, Okada, 
Mr. Fleet, hit us. Mm. What you got? Well, if you want to talk about some validation bets, this is gonna take let me long. tell this you about. <clears throat> let me tell you about my boy, my boo thing, <laughs> Kyler freaking Murray. So so good is an absolute. I can't even say the word on a family <laughs> podcast of what he is. He is so hot right now. It is insane. Now, it's hard to make a stock up in any given week because he's been stock up all year. But we've gotten far enough into the season that I'm ready to make some pretty crazy statements. And obviously, last week, we got to see the Hale Murray. He stepped up in ways that where we all as fantasy people have known and watched and said, oh my gosh, this guy is an absolute monster. And then we got to see him do things that like we see Aaron Rodgers do and he blew people's minds. Of, of course, DeAndre Hopkins, very integral in that, that play. But Kyler Murray, I am officially ready to declare... And I don't even think it's a stretch because if you look at the points this season, it's pretty obvious he is the number one. Let's tell the people about life. the trade that you made in the league that I made with you. Straight I up. traded Patrick Mahomes straight up, no picks needed, no extra stuff, just straight up traded Patrick Mahomes for Kyler Murray. Now, to be fair, I had Patrick Mahomes in a couple leagues and no shares of Kyler Murray, and I really wanted a share of my boy, but. I just use that as like the secret reasoning to let the person think that he was still getting a deal and Kyler's actually still a step below Patrick Mahomes. But in reality, I knew that Patrick Mahomes was better. And listen, it's not a stretch. Just look at their fantasy points, okay? I'm going to read you Kyler Murray's fantasy points because it is like one of those novels with the people on the front cover where the man has the shirt open and he's holding yes, the woman. Uh, what, you know what I'm talking about? Erotica. I have no clue okay. what you're referencing. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Thank you, John. Oh, yes, that. Yes, okay. That is what that is what oh his fantasy stat line sounds like. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? 26.3, 32.1, a horrific season low 21.7. Trash. 23.1, 26.3, 28.9, 37.1, 37.9, 29.9. Woo! Are you kidding me? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That is, that is not insane. fair. That Kyler is not Murray fair. No. is what people want is, Lamar Jackson to be. A hundred percent. He is not quite the passer of Patrick right. Mahomes. Okay, I'm not out of my mind. I understand that Patrick Mahomes is arguably the greatest passer that's ever lived. But he is closer to yes. that than to an average quarterback. And he is as good a rusher, if not a better rusher, than Lamar Jackson. And not only that... But he is showing what Lamar Jackson showed last year, I think even to a greater degree. And it's something that I argued in an article I wrote for Kyler last year when everybody coming into Dynasty was saying, this guy is small and he's going to run, he's going to get injured, and it's going to suck for Dynasty owners. No. Kyler Murray does not get hit. At all. Ever. He is too shifty. He gets out of bounds when he should. He has the best slide in football, not even close to being a question. And when he's going to get sacked, he usually just goes ahead and finds a way to get down without getting pummeled. So even in the pocket, he's not getting hit. But certainly when he's on the move, he does not get hit. This guy is going to be a top two quarterback for possibly longer than anybody else that I can think of. Except for maybe Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers certainly up there. 
But that's the kind of player we're talking about. Kyler Murray, QB1 in fantasy, stock is all the way up. It cannot go any higher. Literally, it cannot. No. Um, I don't have, really have anything to add. He's just amazing. <laughs> um, but you add in the talent that he has. You add in a coach that's just going to let him do what is optimal, which is great to see because Anthony Lynn likes to run the ball on first and second down and make Justin Herbert throw it from third and seven. <laughs> but you add that in and the gold cleats. I mean, are you kidding Ooh, me? Are you 99. kidding me? Yes, he's, I mean, it's amazing. In the, the Red Shirts Patreon League, I traded for Kyler preseason before the season started on a team that already had mm. Lamar Jackson. It is just so mm. fun to set your lineup every week when you have those two as your QB1 and QB2 and Superflex. So I don't remember which patron traded me, Kyler Murray, but you are a kind, kind man, and I, I'd appreciate it. All right, boys. Uh, oh, go ahead. Also, just as a side note before you give your guy, last yes. player to do the one of each, passing, rushing, receiving, was LT. Really? In 2005. Yes. Walter Payton also did it. Actually, 10 guys have done it, so it's not that rare. Well, fine. Oh, so anyone can do it. I mean, you only you only put yes. him with two of the <laughs> arguably top five running backs of all time uh, in in that conversation. True. Um, which is point. what he is. He's a running back. Let's let's just get it, get it squared. <laughs> Okada, when does the this podcast is going to drop yep. tomorrow on Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so before Thursday night football kicks off, wait, because they're playing Possibly. the Seahawks, John. How nervous are you? And let's predict Kyler Murray's fantasy oh, yeah. points this because the cornerback one and oh, the cornerback two are both out. Let for me just tell, let me. <laughs> does he just, go over just forty a- points? Allow me, please, to diatribe for just a moment. So you have three teams in the NFC West all tied with the same record. The only way that the three of them are seated is based on different tiebreak scenarios because the Cardinals have beat both the Rams and the Seahawks. The Seahawks mm-hmm. uh, have lost to both of them. So you've got these two teams, the Cardinals and the Seahawks, that are going to play on Thursday Night Football, tied for the same record, Seahawks at home in primetime. Now, I know there's no 12th man present, but Russell Wilson at the clink under the lights is a very good thing. You have... Two of the Hmm. top fantasy quarterbacks going right now in Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. You have Russell Wilson is leading the NFL in passing touchdowns. Kyler Murray is leading all quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns. There are so many freaking parallels. You have DeAndre Hopkins going opposite of uh, DK Metcalf, who are fighting for being like the top wide receiver in fantasy football right now. It, It is an unbelievable fantasy matchup. That is, I mean, if it's anything like the last game, it's going to be a freaking roller coaster of a ride True. all the way through. And quite frankly, I expect it to be. I think it's going to be just a thriller of the game with fantasy points abounding all over the place. Um, it's going to be nuts. Who wins? I'm going Who to wins? give it to Seattle at home in primetime. I'm going to say that I. I <laughs> Was there ever a doubt? Well, kind of? I know, I know that you're going to go with Arizona <laughs> no, there, not. but I think these teams are just so familiar with one another that they split almost every year, almost every single season they they split their series. Yeah. So Arizona got the overtime one mm. last time. I expect another close one. Um, if Russell Wilson doesn't, if Russell Wilson doesn't turn the ball Super over close. four times, um, then I think that they've got a good chance. But this is going to be a great game. Arizona could absolutely win this one. I think that Kyler is going to be the fantasy quarterback one. Um, I think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the fantasy wide receiver one on the week because 
uh, Shaquille Griffin and um, other cornerback, opposite side, Trey Flowers, are both out injured for tomorrow's game. They have no secondary. They got none. So unless you're going to just decide to put it's Jamal Adams one-on-one with DeAndre Hopkins and see what happens, then I, yeah, I don't... Sounds legit. I don't see how Kyler Murray <laughs> is not the fantasy quarterback. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Uh, for reference, he scored 37.1 fantasy points in their last meeting in week seven. So yep. fire him up. All right, perfect. My stock up player is a guy that I think we haven't given enough respect to in fantasy and especially in the dynasty rookie class of 2020. We love guys like CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy and Justin Jefferson, and they're all studs too. But holy Let's crap, go. T. Higgins is freaking good. Like he deserves to be mentioned with or above those yep. guys. And I'm not saying that just because of what he did recently. When you watch his tape, he just looks freaking phenomenal out there. This season, from weeks three on, because in weeks one and two, he was still playing kind of behind A.J. Green. He wasn't really doing much. Do you guys know, in terms of PPR points, where he ranks among wide receivers? Um, I believe he's seventh. Take a guess. I'm going to... No. I would guess, like... 17th but i guess it could be what the difference well closer to john wide receiver 11 he's a wide receiver one in fantasy yet every single week when the rankings come out across multiple sites mine included i'm like yep tyler boyd you're there at 20 and then t higgins you're like 24 like no he's a top 15 play every week with joe burrow they're letting joe burrow throw the ball the most in the league in dropbacks he's they're throwing at an extremely high rate Joe Mixon still being out helps the the passing offense in terms of what they want to do to move the football. And he's tied to Joe Burrow for at least four more years. Like, yes, please, stock way up on T. Higgins. He is a guy I traded for today. I pulled the old, I'll give you my draft class for him. The first, the second, and the third, you give me T. Higgins. And he said, done deal. I love it. I'm very, very excited about T. Higgins. Yes, I did. Wow. I would do it. First, second, and third round pick. Done. Do it. Because to me, the third is just yeah. A third, whatever. a third just Throw makes it, it look better. And he wouldn't you know do it for I mean? a first. Like, the third, the third makes it look better yeah. when in reality, third round draft picks have like what a twenty percent hit rate, something like that. Yeah, it's not. It's not. If good. that, if yeah. that yeah. So um, I'm thrilled. I could not agree more on this one. T. Higgins is arguably my favorite receiver right now of this draft class, partially because a lot of other players are getting a lot of hype, and I feel like. I like T, the fact that T is not, and so I can snatch him up. Uh, but I went on the NFL Fantasy Show, and we talked about rookie wide receivers, and who's the guy we would want if we were redrafting this class, and I said T. Higgins. Uh, I think Justin Jefferson probably has higher upside, and if Amari Cooper leaves, CeeDee Lamb will also probably be better, which is possible. But given what we know right now, which is that you know, given the players on the rosters that these rookies are on right now, T. Higgins is the best bet. He is ultra consistent and is show, starting to show upside. And he scored a touchdown, and that was expected because he had not been scoring the right amount of touchdowns for the amount of targets and receptions he was getting. I thought that the positive regression, which regression, it's a hard word to say, was going to be due. And he scored, and I think he'll continue to score. So. Yeah, he he good. He's man. really good. I, don't know what to tell you. I, I he good. he's one of those players <laughs> uh, coming out that I think the group think got in my head a little bit 
on T Higgins because I loved him mm. in college. Six foot four, physical, long strider. Loved him receiver. coming out, and, and the whole group think around Twitter and everything was like, "Well, you have your top guys, Ceedee Lamb and Jerry Judy, um, and then maybe you can throw in like, you know." Brennan Ayuk and and uh, Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson and that's kind of your top five and then it's kind of a crapshoot after that and I think I started to get a little bit too enamored with some of the running backs that were coming out and started to move them up and next thing I know he's in the second round and if I had just kind of like trusted my gut a little bit more on T Higgins I should have planted my flag on him especially being tied to a rookie quarterback that I thought was going to be successful and being like, you know what? No, this is a great pairing and situation because he is the clearest path to being the team's wide receiver one of any of the rookie wide receivers. Um, and tied, like, the only other person that we talked about was Justin Jefferson, who we thought was going to produce the earliest of any of the rookie wide receivers, which we're right about um, because of the hole that was open in that team. But he's tied to Kirk Cousins, and T. Higgins is tied to Joe Burrow, who has a much better arm. So. I should have stuck to my guns more on T and ranked him inside the top five at the rookie wide receiver position. He's very good. I love what he's translating to the NFL. The size plays, so does the speed. Um, Yeah, that boy good. I think right now I'd have him as my dynasty, like the rookie class. I'm still going to give the nod to CD long term, but if I wanted immediate production, like next two years, I I think it's T Higgins. Yeah. Here's a question. We're redrafting the rookie class. CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, and Justin Jefferson. Where do they fall with the running backs that were drafted ahead of them? Definitely behind you take some of those Bond. guys. A... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hate to see it. <laughs> that was fun. Woo! All right, what, who, Big old what are the names again? T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, and CeeDee Lamb? In the CD land, yeah, the guys. I feel like they're the they're, those are the guys who've shown that they were they are very yeah. much worthy of potentially a top pick, and they were picked behind the running backs. Large. It's really hard That's because tough. for me, right now Swift just had a big coming out party, and I love that, and and he's killing it. It was it was a very nice game. It was good. Um, I want to see him continue to be utilized in that way. I was sitting here with my roommate before the game started. He's a Lions fan, and I'm in Michigan, so the games are all televised. And I was like, give him like 16 carries and eight receptions. Like that's the workload that I want to see Swift in. He doesn't need to carry the rock 25 times. And he got something pretty close to that. Swift is deserving. JTM panicking on. Um, CEH. I'm kind of panicking CEH on him too. CEH has kind of been right cool. Now. No. Yeah, um, he's not been hot. I'm not. I I'm think not it's. I think it might him. be. Oh, no, 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 it's not panic yeah, no, time, yeah, but okay. he is Sorry, not I'm not saying great. panic is in like well, a bandit ship on all these guys. I'm not saying that. But right now, the production that we're yeah. seeing right now for your fantasy team, like I might start with five wide receivers if I were to do it over again right now before going to yeah. any of the running backs. That's what I'm feeling. We'll have to do it again soon. We did it like yeah, five or six re- episodes We should ago, redo it. It's, so, it's so funny because things change so much. Yeah. So we'll have to do it again soon. But yeah, it's... It's tough to. Mm. He oh, deserves sure. to be up there for sure, like in the first five picks, hands down. And in a super flex, Herbert Agreed. is also above those running backs. That's in my true. Opinion. We really should. So they're this. falling we, way down. We should do that. Twenty twenty. What a class. Yep. God, they're yep. good. Yep. 
All right, boys, that was a lot of positive talk. Well, before we get to Stockdown, we'll remind everyone about the sponsor of today's show. That is Thrive Fantasy. You can download the app in Google Play or in the App Store on your iPhone. Check it out, guys. Thrive Fantasy is awesome. It's basically player props combined with DFS. Tons of fun. If you want to get a little extra cash on Sundays watching these games, they have also slates for Thursday and Monday nights. So you can check that out, too. When you sign up, enter the code BALLBLAST, all one word. You're going to receive an instant deposit match of up to $50 for free with our code. Again, that is code BALLBLAST. Please, please, please check it out. Good people over there at Thrive Fantasy. All right. Now we can be really <laughs> negative. Stock down. I'm going to go back to uh, yes. John for this one. And I don't think a lot of people are going to like this, John. You know what? I don't care Ooh. if you like it or not. It's time for some tough loving. And your Uncle John here would like to sit down and talk to you. And and we need to really discuss some <laughs> of the life decisions that you're making. I know that it can be hard to talk to your parents. Your uncle's a safe space. So just let's have a conversation about this. Hollywood Brown is not a thing. <laughs> He's not a thing. He's never going to be a thing. He never really was a thing. He's a deep threat decoy, and that is it, especially tied to a quarterback that cannot deliver the ball down the field. I'm sorry. No, he's not a thing. He's like wide receiver 50 or something like that. Um, This last game, sure, it was monsoon, and everyone's going to make an excuse about the weather. He had two catches for 14 yards, and, and that was it. Okay, cool. Blame the weather. Since... Week one, which was a really weird game for both teams between Baltimore and Cleveland. And like a lot of things have kind of changed since then. But since then, he's only topped 75 yards twice since week one. Um, He has two touchdowns all season. Um, He has only two games the entire season, including week one, with double-digit fantasy points. He's – no, no, it's gross. Like, what – what – do you want like your best case scenario for Hollywood Brown was that you were hoping that he was going to be primed to Sean Jackson who actually connected on a lot of the deep shots, but Hollywood's not doing that. He is just a field stretcher right now. And every once in a blue moon, he's probably going to have a boom game, right? Where he gets one or maybe even two super long touchdowns. Like we saw last year in his rookie campaign in like, I think it was his first start or second start last year. Didn't he have a stat line of like three for 160 and two or something ridiculous like that? He's, yeah, he's going to have games like that maybe once a year for the entirety of his career. But this is not a fantasy wide receiver. I'm sorry if you liked him. It's time to cut bait. He's not doing you any good because you're never going to feel good about starting him. So if he's clogging up your bench, especially in a shallower league, Let him go. Let him be someone else's headache. Cut him. Give someone that actually gives you some upside to produce on your roster. This guy is not someone that I'm ever going to feel good about putting into a Can we? Ever. Sure. Can we play a name? It's whatever name you're going to say. I love these. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Marquise Brown or Chase Claypool. Claypool. Easy. Come on. Yeah. I'm starting you off slow. Starting you off slow. Marquise Rager. Brown or Jalen Rager? I haven't really seen much Oh, yet. Rager. I'm, okay, come on. Okay. Talking to the Eagles fan. Ma- Ma- Marquise Brown or Michael one. Pittman? Pittman. All right. Here comes the hard one. I had to work up to it. Marquise Full Brown gun. or Travis Easily. Fulgham? 
Easily. Oh, oh, savage. I think I would go. No. Betts is not so sure. I think I would go Marquis Brown. I, no, I, I don't want any, oh, that's any tough. Hollywood that's... Brown. I don't have a single share. I will never have a single is... share. I am not interested. <laughs> don't you come up here mm. trying to trade me Marquise Brown, okay? <laughs> um, that's the reality though is though like that's where his value is. Like yeah. So I'm almost perplexed to say like do you do you even try to buy no, him for like a no. second? No. I don't even know what to do. No. No. I would rather oh, take a God, dart throw on a not for a I second. I would rather Unless it's a use super my third late round second pick next year Probably on a dart that. throw that might hit then spend it on mm. Hollywood Brown. New. Mm. Oh, God, what are your thoughts? You haven't said too much about it. Uh, Well, I'll tell you what. I saw this name on the dock, and I thought John was going to say some little bit of mean things about Hollywood Brown. I was not expecting that tirade. Mm -hmm. That was savage. Uh, however, I I was sitting over here enjoying it thoroughly because, <laughs> as you all know, I hated Marquise Brown coming into the NFL. Um, I did not think he was going to be good for fantasy. I was concerned about injury. I was concerned about his size. I was concerned about his usage. I was concerned about the team he landed on and how it didn't fit him at all. Yeah, I don't think he's very good for fantasy. And he will be at times, yeah, but you're not going to know when. And we were deceived last year into thinking that he was because he benefited from Lamar Jackson's obscene touchdown rate and scored, I think, eight, nine touchdowns. Hollywood, so a surprisingly I think large six, amount of touchdowns. Maybe it was just seven. Six, seven? But it was a seven. Seven? Okay. No, it was definitely at least seven, I'm pretty sure. In any case, it was more than you would even thought last year, let alone what you expected. And so we said, okay, he didn't do too much else, and it was all stuffed into a couple games, but he showed the flashes. It's been too many games without flashes at this point. Uh, yeah, I'm out. Audi 5000. <laughs> I'm not sure what's worse. Marquise Brown's oh, value. No, right now I love Audi 5000. That's one of my favorite <laughs> sayings of all time. Uh, oh, it's been a while. Reference for the touchdowns, seven last year for Hollywood. Yeah, okay. But the thing is, like... Bets, I have an any Audi belly button. It is like an Audi that's also inside. What? That is not how I am on Hollywood Brown. I Time am out. Audi Audi Time on out. Brown. Time out. Time out. <laughs> am I about to ask you? Yes. To show Listen, me on camera? here's how it works, all right? <laughs> no. But you what know how innies you don't... With with normal any belly buttons, you don't really see the bottom of it. It's kind of just like a, a little what? thing. And you don't see the bottom, you what? see the sides. <laughs> no. And then Audi, it's got like a little bloop coming out. Oh Mine my is like God. flat. What? <laughs> this is not what? This is so off the rails. Oh my God. I know exactly what your first uh, fleet is going to be. I'm going to, yes, I was just going to say, my first fleet is going to be my belly button. Oh no context. It's going to really up close so that the only people who understand what it is is the people who listen to this podcast. You're going to lose. I think so I might actually do that. Followers. Is that against the terms and conditions of fleeting? So fast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought it's gonna go viral. You know what? You know what he's gonna do? Yeah, man. He's I don't know. People might like the, uh, the belly button around actually. his belly button and his oh, belly yes. button. <laughs> and a bubble that you're says gonna do Kyler Murray on your QB stomach, one. and then <laughs> you're gonna, gonna create an account yes. just yes. for your damn navel. Oh my gosh. Yep. Oh, Fast. My Lord. Confirmed. <laughs> well, sorry for that, listeners. Um. Let's get back to actually talking about some football. I'm not even sure how to. Um, <laughs> how you to just move do. On from that. 
clumsily oh and awkwardly, God. you just All right. do. Yep. A sticky weight. All right. Moving on. Dead. Marquise Brown mm. is Okada's belly button. In the dumpster. Okay. <laughs> Drew Locke, fellas. We've talked about it before on the show, but I want to hammer home the point. Like, no. is he good? I I don't Not really. think so. And we talked about it in the preseason really that everyone was just so excited for Drew Locke because of the weapons and all this stuff, and they're going to build around him, and he can succeed. Well, he's not. <laughs> he doesn't look good doing it. Now, I'm going to give him a little pass this past week, battling an injury the entire game. He played through it. Hats off to him. But he has three games this year where he has nice. not thrown a touchdown pass. Three. He also has two where he's thrown just one. Yes. <sighs> Drew Locke, guys, like to me, looks like a bust through and through. And yes, Cortland Sutton matters to this team, and he hasn't been on the field at all this year, so that matters. But at the end of the day, when you just watch a quarterback play on tape, you kind of just know like he's legit or he's not. He's not. He's not good. No. I, I'm I'm panic selling. If I can get like an early second for him, I'm ecstatic. If I can get a first, I will not be able to hit the accept button fast enough in a super flex league for Drew Locke. I mean, I'm out. I just can't say anything positive about the guy other than the fact that he's fun to watch dance on the sidelines. That is literally it. To me, Drew Locke feels like Mark Sanchez. He is the backup that will bounce around and be a backup, but not even the kind of backup that you're happy to have where you feel confident if he comes in, like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh McCown. More just like the backup that's there and will sometimes have a fun game that makes you think, remember, oh, yeah. I remember when this guy was good, but remember really overall he's just not very yeah. good. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that USC see, guy that ran into someone's the butt and fumbled about, the ball? I remember uh, him. Drew Locke is that um, his soul hasn't been stolen yet like Mark Sanchez. Like he actually has – he still has confidence ah. and youthful exuberance. <laughs> And innocence, <laughs> and it's like, oh, honey, don't worry, it's coming. Oh my gosh, it's coming. You'll, you'll, you'll crash and burn soon. Um, that's the thing. Yeah, and what's rough about Denver? Uh, pulling it up right now, and as things stand, obviously there's a big kind of logjam um, because there's a lot of teams with records that are very, very close. So the 2021 NFL Draft is going to fluctuate a ton, like that order over the next two months. Um, but right now, Denver is three and six. Uh, San Francisco, Detroit, Minnesota, New England all have four wins. Cincinnati, Houston, Chargers, Dallas, and Washington all have two wins. So there's like 10 teams that could easily reorder in any position, but they're not going to get to the point in the draft where, where they're going to have a chance at taking one of the best options that are going to go one, two Lawrence and fields mm. in some order. So unless there's like a really strong third, like maybe it's Kyle Trask is making a really good push right now in Florida. Um, or maybe it's, um, jeez, oh, Alabama quarterback. Um, holy cow. I'm trying to blink. Thank you. Thank Mac you. Jones. Mac Jones. Like, or Trey Lance, like Lance. they're going to be in that conversation, and it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do. Are you pulling the plug on this experiment, or are you just going to ride out the mediocrity for one more year um, and give them another crack at it? I, I don't know what they decide to do. 
Or is, you know, is John Elway just going to be like, you know, this whole drafting quarterbacks thing is cute, but I'm just going to try to go get a veteran and bring some, yeah. Right, it doesn't work. The drafting quarterback thing doesn't work well for John Elway. Um, Send a boatload to Green Bay and go get Aaron Rodgers. Or send a boatload to Dallas and get Dak. You know, something like that maybe happens. So I I don't know what's going to happen there, but... Yeah, the dude just ain't it. And, and we talked about it in the preseason, right? There's no excuse with the talent that is around him and a pretty decent defense. Like, they're not great like they used to be, but they're not awful. Um, the talent that's around him at the wide receiver position, the tight end position, the running back position, yeah, it's on you, man. Like, if you're not producing with, with these guys here, you, you just ain't it. I know you said they're not going to be in the running for a top two or three pick, but like, here's the schedule. They're going to lose to the Dolphins this week. Then they take on the Saints. They're going to lose that game. They're going to take on the Chiefs. They're going to lose that game. They take on the Panthers. They're a decent team. They could lose that game. Buffalo, probably going to lose. Chargers, probably going to lose. Week 17. No, they're going to beat the the Chargers because the Chargers are the Chargers. No, that's true. And yes, they'll lose to the Raiders. So they'll end up like what a four to five. Right, but like team, I said, maybe? there are there? probably one. Oh god, there's so there's like a lot of bad three teams. wins or less. There are one, two, yeah, three, four, five, close. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven teams with three wins or less right now in the end. Wow, dude, it's a log jam. Yikes! Well, that is your <laughs> NFL draft preview show in November. <laughs> By the way, one of those teams with three wins or less is the first place Philadelphia Eagles. Let's go, baby. You hate to see If you it. would have told me the Eagles were in first place in week 11, <laughs> I would be like, that's awesome, man. <laughs> go us. <laughs> Carson Wentz is back. He's a great quarterback. We're going to the playoffs. So bad. Oh, my Lord. Is I hope this they lose the every worst division so in NFL bad. history? Ever. Yes. I think so. I was just wondering about it that. It is. It absolutely like, is. We haven't been around enough, I feel like, to give a really good <laughs> assessment, but I can't imagine something. And it's funny because there's some oh, actual Lord. talent right. in this division. Why aren't they playing like it? I, I don't. Man. Couldn't tell you. It's rough. The thing that's the most egregious, and then we'll move on. Sorry, listeners. The thing that is just most egregious about the Eagles situation is Carson Wentz coming onto the field wearing a freaking camo sleeve like he's awesome mm. and then getting mm. outplayed by Daniel Jones. I he's was been just like that on the couch. That's deceased. not just a one week thing. That's been all year. He and has, I, had, yes. I had people uh, reaching out to me on Twitter. No. Yep. No, but the camo sleeve is like Oh, the camo? Dude, it's like, so much But he wears one like it's the same one that yeah. we're talking about. He wears the sleeve that almost looks like it's a tattoo. Like it's it's Yeah. yeah. So many people on yeah, Twitter uh-huh. are very confused and thought that he's like all tatted up. No, 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 it's a sleeve. That is a sleeve. Nope. Oh. <laughs> on to more depressing issues. Okada, mm. just be be kind, okay? Because we yeah. have our friend here who is very fond of this player, so just don't be too mean. The time has come. I don't know how we've gotten this far without having this player in the stock down. Maybe it's because... Deep down, we all wanted to support our our good friend, John Helmkamp. But Jonathan Taylor <laughs> is poo-poo. If you're not watching on YouTube, man, you are doing it wrong. you got to get on YouTube to see John's reaction. Uh, here is Jonathan Taylor's rank since week four when Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins kind of really started to 
Well, they started trying to feed Jonathan Taylor, and then they realized this doesn't seem to be working very well. Or maybe, I don't even know if that they did realize that, because it didn't seem like it was that bad, but they decided to go another direction. <laughs> he is the RB38 in points per game since week four. Oh, Here are some names. Oh, I will read oh. you some names that are better than Jonathan oh. Taylor over that span. Wayne Gallman, oh, Kalen Balage, David Montgomery, who is as blah as it gets. Jeffrey Wilson, J.D. McKissick. Jeff Wilson. <laughs> it is not good, guys. And he, I don't know what it is. Okay, it's two straight games. He has had six and seven carries and posted 27 and 12 rushing yards, respectively. Last week on TNF, 1.7 yards per carry. It's hard to blame them at this point. From going away from it or for going away from him. Now, maybe they're just not giving him the run to build it up like Derrick Henry needs, you know, because Jonathan Taylor is a downhill runner. He's not necessarily a shifty, shifty, bounce back and forth in the hole kind of guy. You want to get him going. And so maybe it's a little bit on the Colts, but you know what? It's the Colts' decision, and this is the decision they're making. And the worst part about this is when we were coming into this season, we were saying, well, Mainly anyone besides John was saying, but even John allowed a little bit for the fact that Marlon Mack could maybe hold Jonathan Taylor uh, down a little bit because Marlon Mack, you know, he'd been really efficient. The team seemed to like him a lot. And then Marlon Mack out for the season and we're like, oh boy, Jonathan Taylor is a full go. He's being held down by Jordan Wilkins and a pass catching running back. Oh, my this, Lord. This is not good. If Marlon Mack does come back at some point, it could get even worse. Now, I don't think that he'll be on contract. I don't exactly know how that works. Probably not. With carryover and stuff like that. Probably not. But even if he's not... Okay. Let me let me give the, the more tempered uh, evaluation here, okay? This is a rookie season. Jonathan Taylor can certainly get better. However, we have looked for rookie running backs to be good out of the gate. That has typically been the case. Um, Joe Mixon is one who wasn't like super elite right out of the gate, but he was good enough and has basically remained good enough. And he's been like fringe top 15 his entire career. Everybody else in the recent years, I feel like has been very good right out of the gate. And to be fair, and this was one of the main arguments that we made coming into the season, at least one of the ones I made, Jonathan Taylor was not a top 10 running back like a lot of those other guys that we are talking about. The Saquons, the Zeeks, the CMCs. So it's not super surprising necessarily that he is not a bell cow back out of the gate. However, he is going the wrong direction. We expected that by midseason, and we expected this for a lot of the running backs, and we're seeing it for DeAndre Swift, that it would get better, that they would start to get more carries, that they would start to ramp up in usage and become the RB1s that we thought they could be. Jonathan Taylor is going the opposite direction. He is not getting touches. He is extremely inefficient with the touches he's getting. And it is very frustrating and very depressing and very unfortunate for Jonathan Taylor drafters. So the stock is down and it is way down. And I don't know when it's going to come back up. What do we, what do you do in dynasty? That's what our listeners need to know. Are you, are you buying? Are you panic selling? Are you holding? So my turn. What do you do? <clears throat> After that yes. clunker of a game, um, I've never seen John so oh, yes. Yeah. After that, <laughs> by the way, abysmal clunker discussing 
game that happened. Um, it's actually it was, so sad. It was a constipated poop. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate sitting it. in the um, toilet. That's what it was. After that game, I tweeted uh, <laughs> twice. I put out one tweet that said, unless something changes, uh, Jonathan Taylor is not startable for the remainder of 2020 in No matter the format. Redraft Dynasty doesn't matter. Um, mm. He's not startable. It, mm. Obviously, if you don't have better options, mm. then you're going to have to roll him out. Um, there's a lot of attrition and a lot of injuries and uh, you know a lot of stuff going on this, this year in the fantasy football landscape where you might just have to play him and hope that something changes in terms of his usage. Uh, if you have better options, and by better options, I mean his own teammate, Naheem Hines. I mean David Montgomery. I mean <sighs> Rojo. Um, I mean any of those options I'd play over Jonathan Taylor. Um, you, you have to do that. The second tweet that I put out um, said, here's what you do in Dynasty. Uh, you do nothing. If you drafted him and you took that gamble on him, it does you no good to sell right now for pennies on the dollar. You might as well just hold on and see what happens next mm. year. Um, uh, no, does I've pennies on the dollar mean a second? I'm I'm just I'm Ooh. just waiting. Okay, I I believe it, and I've seen a lot of people doing that. For um, maybe I'm just stubborn. Maybe I I'm def- just I mean, if Superflex, I definitely would. But um, yes, it is Superflex. You definitely but are. At this, but also, at it this could point, be all the running backs right now are really struggling, except for DeAndre Swift, who kind of had a, had a good game this last week, and and we've seen Jonathan Taylor with good games. Also, he posted over 100 yards earlier in the season. Yeah, he's had a couple good games. Other than that, they've they've been really bad. Well, that's pretty much the Two same for a lot of the rookie running backs. You're talking about the same thing. You're talking about J.K. Dobbins in a backfield where we thought it would be waiting until 2021. Mark Ingram has looked absolutely terrible, and he's still not bursting onto the scene. Cam Akers can't seem to beat out Malcolm Brown. CEH is competing with old man Le'Veon Bell. Like, all the rookie running backs right now, and then Keyshawn Vaughn died. All the rookie running backs are in this, like, same situation <laughs> where they're not taking a stranglehold on their backfield. I'd say DeAndre Swift is doing the best job of that right now with what we saw last week. So other than that, maybe it's this year. Maybe it's the fact that there was no preseason. Maybe it's the fact that there was no training camp because of COVID. I, I don't know what it is. And maybe those are just excuses mm. because I'm optimistic. But... They are because the here's the thing: great. the receivers are yeah, playing incredibly, and I feel like it's process, harder right? that for the receivers struggle to adjust to the game more than running backs. But the yeah. wide receivers right now are absolutely killing it, and the running backs yep. look like crap. I almost cussed. Um, Straight balling. But family show, family show, family show, <laughs> family show. Despite but that's, the Valley that's just it. it. Right now, unless someone's going to come in and offer me like a very established good running back right now, I'm just holding and seeing what. Because I think there's a good chance that he rebounds next year. By the way, you remember Melvin Gordon's rookie season? Absolute crap. Do you yes, know who his you. offensive coordinator was? Frank freaking Reich. Frank Reich. I can't stand it. So <laughs> I'm still holding out hope that there is second-year progression for all of these guys, not just Jonathan Taylor, but all these guys 
that going into next year, the backfields get a little bit less cloudy. They get more established roles and they have an opportunity. But yeah, I'm very sad on Jonathan Taylor. Um, if it goes another couple weeks of continuing to look like this, maybe I will sell him for a first. I don't know, but it, it's it's very rough. It's hard not to trust the college profile though. Like, what happened? I, I don't get it. Size adjusted, speed score of 99 percentile, 6,000 rushing yards in three seasons. One of the most productive college running backs of all time. That's not hyperbole. Like, what happened? No, How are you not. not Zeke? I don't understand. He had everything in his profile to say that he was going to be, except for getting early first-round draft capital. And, and other than that, I, I, there was no reason to think that this would be going on. But it is. You can't play him for the rest of this year. I hope that things turn around for him, or it's going to be... Uh, I see it on Twitter all the time, but the second coming of Trent Richardson. <laughs> I love how you had to like put and that out there done. real quick and then just be like, and we're done. And we're done. Um, also, as a note, yes. uh, sorry, Beth, you can go right after this. As a note on Melvin yep. Gordon, Lol. besides the fact that he's also a Wisconsin running back, lol. Lol. he was terrible <laughs> all year long as a rookie, but he had double-digit carries in 14 of 16 games. Yep. So yeah, there so is that difference. Touchdowns and still managed to put up but there's also here. this difference. Yes, he was trash. I'm just going to say this right now. And if our listeners don't take anything away from the show, this is what they need to take away. If you are not lowballing the Jonathan Taylor manager in your yeah, league, you, you are not doing Dynasty the correct way. This is the most obvious buy that ever existed in Dynasty. And here's why. John already talked about it. The size adjusted speed score. All the metrics. Check the boxes. College production. Checks the boxes. Draft capital. Checks the boxes. You know what doesn't yet? What the happened? The offensive line sucks in Indy, and no they one predicted that. They were top five last year, and awful. the same group's been back. Awful. What happened? Where are the Quentin Nelson International House of Pancakes? But here's also... Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's been bad. But here's also why you should be optimistic, because the contract situation for Marlon Mack is not there. Jonathan Taylor is going to be on this team next year, and Jordan Wilkins is basically the equivalent of the three of us on a football field. Like this is going to be his backfield next year and people are freaking out. But the only reason they're freaking out is because of a three week sample size. Go back to his game logs, guys. Week one, RB 22, then the RB 14, 21, 34 was a down week, 17, the RB nine. Like he's had good games in the NFL. People are freaking out way too much. I'm buying him everywhere I possibly can. I have literally oh, God, I never loved you in here for now. what? <laughs> For what? I've been sending offers that's like, okay, I'll give you two seconds or I'll give you a second and a third or like a win now piece and a second. Like, I don't know. Melvin Gordon Are in a second or something that? like that. It's right. only worked in one league. I play with too many smart people. Hmm. But I'm trying, to, like, if you're not doing that in your leagues, you have to look yourself in the mirror like, dude, what are you doing? Well, no, that's 100% fair. But the problem is if you're not succeeding it doesn't really do you that much good to well, right, try right i feel and the problem is that if it takes a borderline first to get him that makes it much more dicey i don't know i remain optimistic there's just too many things that say yes he's going to be a good player thank you i'm not willing to bail after three weeks and the other thing too i was reading an article about the situation going into last week's games and they were talking about how they still trust him and all that sort of things and they're basically saying, like, Jonathan Taylor is getting the first carries of the game, and then we're just going to see what happens. 
Like he is having every opportunity to go in and take control if he can. And I feel bad for JT because honestly, they put him in crappy situations on that Thursday night football game. Like run something other than just a direct up the middle handoff on fourth and one. He got stuffed in the backfield. He got hit before he could even do anything with the ball. Like, I don't know, man. I, I don't think that he's as bad as people think. Hmm. I'm just optimistic. I don't know. Well, I'm, here's I'm a another positive person. I'm a positive person. But I will say, like, if it continues to go this way for well, another four weeks, Well, especially because the schedule yes, is as easy as it is. His schedule for the, the rest of the season, down. it's like, damn, show me something, please. Ah, man, try to keep it child-friendly. Show me something in the in the back of the year that just <laughs> that at least just gives me reason for optimism for next year I, I don't need you to win me my league this year just just tell me everything's going to be okay that's what i need from you just show me that it's going to be okay <laughs> and we'll be fine but another thing just a last note on this before we before we close out the the play calling was driving me absolutely crazy. You have someone with four three nine forty speed at two hundred and twenty eight pounds, and you're gonna run him up the middle every freaking time you sub him out for Naheem Hines, and suddenly you're running stretch plays to the outside. How about you give the dude with four three nine speed a mm. chance at the freaking edge, like just once, because he can get there. So there is some play calling and usage things. That are well, also bugging me. There's a lot on JT's shoulders as well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming it all on play calling, but there are some things that are bugging me. And 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 this part I feel like is going He's underappreciated. Really Naheem good Hines is very like, good. Yeah, I almost loved Naheem Hines as much as John loved Jonathan Taylor when he came out as a rookie. Yep. He is good. So like. You can say take away his carries and give him to JT because JT is also very good. But at the same time, Naheem's is very, Naheem Hines is very good and is doing good things with the ball. It's hard to actually say that they should. So that makes it worse for JT. Well, I'm sad. For now. We digress. <clears throat> we digressed very far. I hope so much digression. I hope so, so badly that JT rips off like a 60-yard touchdown run this week. Oh, please. All right. It's got to happen. What are we watching for? This week, guys, in week 11, besides Jonathan Taylor's 60-yard touchdown run. John, back to you, man. What are well, you watching I'm gonna, for? I'm going to keep it in that week. same game but go on the opposite side of the ball. I, I want to see how Indy's defense does against the Green Bay offense and vice versa. I want to see how that secondary, which has been balling, mm. has been mm. doing so well. They're a top-five defense in the NFL. Um, I want to see if, if Green Bay has the pieces to exploit them and basically show me that the Green Bay offense is bulletproof and you play them, you know, and expect greatness all the time, or are we going to bring those expectations down a little bit? Is Devontae Adams going to get kind of slowed down? Is Aaron Jones going to get slowed down? Aaron Rodgers? Or does it just not matter and they're that good? I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup between the Colts' defense, which you've been able to play if you are in a defense league basically every single week and they've produced for you, um, or, you know, is, is the Aaron Rodgers led offense going to, going to get the better of that defense? Oh man. So you want to talk about stock up the Colts defense is stock up because around their bye, we were thinking they like, they had looked really good, but they had played all terrible offenses, like literally all terrible offenses. And we thought, this feels a little bit fraudish. It's a good Two straight games, Ravens and Titans, yep. those are really good offenses. They have made look kind of silly. 
So this is now maybe their best challenge. I uh, like this call a lot. I do too. Arukata, your turn, man. Uh, well, one thing I'm watching for, bets <laughs> is this Kyler Murray signed black jersey. What's the price right going now? to be done uh, in an hour and 38 minutes <laughs> on Pristine Auction. Not a sponsor. $210. That's not really an important job. Worth it. Okay. Worth it. Um, it is at that price, Pretty but much. I don't know if it will be at whatever price it gets up to. However, what I'm watching for this week in fantasy or in the NFL, I want to see the Saints quarterback situation. I want to see what happens. As I alluded to it earlier that I would bring this up again. I want to see what happens with Jameis in this Sean Payton offense and with Taysom Hill, Sands, Drew Brees. Now, in order to bring this up, I have to say on the podcast, because I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. I've said it a lot of other places, including at my work and on Twitter. Taysom Hill is good. All y'all haters that don't want Drew Brees to come off the field for Taysom Hill can go and shove it. Because <laughs> he is effective, efficient, he makes things happen with the offense. The offense goes places, gets first downs. He is a weapon. I want to see how far Sean Payton is willing to go with him if Drew Brees is not the quarterback because that feels like it gives you maybe a little bit more license to play with him. But I also want to see Jameis because we know Jameis can <laughs> throw the football. Like, we know he can throw it to the other team as well. He's That's mainly decision-making. His decision-making has been awful and or his vision, which he now has LASIK for. Uh, but we know he can throw the football, and he's still young, which means if he gets an opportunity, he could be a viable fantasy asset. So I want to see if he has taken the time under Sean Payton and Drew Brees to learn how to play football. His eye, his eyesight is better, and he can come out yep. there. And the best part about this is he gets to face the Falcons. So he gets a nice, easy matchup to go wild in the Saints offense. I want to see if he can and what that may tell us about the future. If he has a really good game, I may be looking so, to go buy him in a super flex league. For just a very one little friends. note to add That's on to that fast. If you play in a on a platform where Taysom Hill is tight end eligible, I'm firing him up. Get him <laughs> and play him. He's he's honestly what yes. he's gonna give you probably on Let's the ground. It. Maybe a passing touchdown, maybe a receiving touchdown, maybe one of all three. The upside for the fantasy points that he's going to give you at the tight end position is a top five is a top five tight end. Like yep. that that is well within the realm of possibility from the <laughs> yep. fantasy points that he gives you. Like, listen, the tight end ones last week, oh. I, I'm forgetting exactly names and numbers offhand, but it was two tight ends that were tied for the tight end one this last week, and it was only like 14 points or maybe 11. It was a really low number to be the overall tight end one this last week. Okada's researching feverishly while I'm talking. But it doesn't take much. I am. To be Here it comes. 13. It was the overall tight end one last 13 week. 13 Travis Kelsey was on a bye and Travis and, uh, and Kittle's out hurt. So if you take those two guys off the field, it doesn't take much to give you a positional yep. advantage at the tight end position. Now, obviously, Kelsey's going to be back this week. But other than that, Taysom Hill could easily give you 13 to 15 fantasy points in in multiple different ways and combinations. I'd Funny. play him as a tight end. Why not? It's like the Jalen Samuels cheat code from a couple years ago in Pittsburgh. Sure, <laughs> plug it in. I would like to state for the record that the tight end seven last what? week was Pharaoh Brown. <laughs> <laughs> of the Houston Texans oh, with 10.6 fantasy points. 
It's such a oh, stupid position. I can't stand it. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Like, okay, yes, so I'm doing what you got. I'm doing the rankings this year on Fanball, which is a DFS site. And they require me to write up two to three sentences about every Final. single player that I rank in the top 30 at each position. For quarterbacks, it's less, and tight ends, it's less. Wow. But, like, I literally get past tight end three, and I'm like, this guy could score a touchdown this week. This guy could also <laughs> score a touchdown this week. Like, it's so, so freaking bad. But, yes, I'm thrilled to play T Taysom Hill on, on FanDuel this week. It's going to be fun. All right. I am watching to see if Michael Pittman Jr., the rookie wide receiver out of USC, is officially the, is. the wide receiver one on Indy. I think he is. Oh, the trend oh. is looking very, very good. 58% of the snaps in week eight. Not great. You don't really love to see that. But then week nine, 87% of the snaps. Last week, 81%. And in those two weeks, he's seen 15 targets. He just went over the 100-yard mm. mark last week. I want to see if, if old man Phil locks onto him as the tight end one with T.Y. Hilton slowly becoming more and more irrelevant as the weeks go by. He's been a guy that we talked about in the draft process a ton. We talked about him in rookie draft season. Like, he was a guy we liked a lot. I want to see if he can kind of get up to that tier that we talked about yeah. with, you know, wide receivers that we should have been taking in round one because he was going largely in round two. So, really interested to see what he Question does Question on that real quick week before we close it. Is Jair Alexander playing this week? Boys. Mm. Yes, go ahead. You think so? Uh, he should I be back from the concussion. So. I'm not sure yeah. though yet. It's okay. too early to tell. It's hmm. Wednesday, so we'll have to see. I'll but if he does, it. if he's not, <laughs> you'll love to see it. Well, not really because yeah. we don't want him to be hurt. But we love to see Michael Pittman <laughs> fantasy. getting a better, a better matchup. <laughs> oh, Get better, Jair. <laughs> Get better, Jair. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right, boys. This was uh, this oh, no. is probably our, our most fun shot that we've had in the last like four or five. Oh, this oh, is the last. Man. Despite the fact that we hated on Jonathan Taylor yeah. for 20 minutes. Oh, man. Hey, John, have you checked your phone on uh, your Twitter notifications yet? Okay, you might want to. Uh, go follow uh -oh. John at Dynasty Beard. <laughs> follow me at the Fantasy Fleet Team. Follow Okada for his belly button fleets at Matt Okada. And, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. <laughs> Until next time, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.